the smell of napalm in the morning. Smell! You know that gasoline smell? It smells like... Victory. Yeah, let's cut through the chase, okay? What are you guys selling? If you're drowning and I throw you a life jacket, would you grab it? Yes. Good. Pick up 200 shares. I won't let you down. Pay him. Pay that man his money. Ask him how they'd like to see 30, 40% returns. What are they going to say? No? I don't want to see those returns. Where's the money, Lebowski? You're going to make a lot of money, right? Be aggressive. Learn how to push. Show him a 3% return. I'll trust you to watch his kids for the weekend. I'm a big fan of money. Move around. Motion creates emotion. I did not know that. That's it. I'm done. Hello and welcome back to Action Jacks. I'm Tom Al. We have Matt Byrne on the board. We have Greg Pappas in the That's studio. Right. SP Futures down four. SP Futures down 22. Is uh, everybody's got the, the big the big meetings, the big meetings uh, between the Congress and the President and about the budget thing. And uh, so, Greg, when you were here on Wednesday, you got out your stopwatch. Of course, you used some modern equivalent of stopwatch instead of the regular stopwatch we have sitting over here on the wall. Oh, and see it? Didn't even, yeah, there it is. Yeah. How about that? Uh, how about was that time you saw one of those? Um, track, a track meet, maybe. Yeah. Nineteen ninety six. Yeah, or, or earlier. Uh, so you went to the. We were on the usdebtclock.org. How close was I? Uh, well, I don't. I'm sure you were exact. Would you say forty two seconds for a million dollars? Was it forty two or forty? It was. It was right around forty point eight. I think. Or we we can go back to the tape. Yeah, go back to the tape. Good and, thing uh, about being on the radio. And uh, so, by the time these guys, these guys are going to speak a million words on various and sundry news shows, no matter what they come up with, where do you suppose that forty point eight goes? The forty one point one or one? You mean it got slower? Well, I mean, if they actually get some kind of a a deal together to cut all these expenses and all this crap that they're talking about. Oh well, one divided by forty is two and a half. Meaning, no, they definitely didn't cut it two and a half percent. So. No. <laughs> Not even that. I mean, let's let's go with with maybe one percent. <laughs> so. God, but it's 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 uh, it's really really somewhat out of control. I don't know what they. I How mean, long did it take for the Roman? What was it called? Dinar. Uh, it was. Matt, was it a Roman dinar? Denarii? Denarius, I think. Denarius. I should know this before years of Latin. Well, Matt, Matt will find out. He's good. Oh, at it was. Uh, it took a while for them to erode everything, so I you know, I'd uh, imagine that's a good historical comparison. Now that you mention it, um, I uh, Rome is the example of Rome is well, it allegedly was a democracy, like ours allegedly is, and uh, most democracies do not fall from the outside; or they fall from the inside. A republic. Well, same thing. I mean, well, and that sort of. I don't of, know. Well, Athens didn't do so hot. Well, as I'm saying, most of them fall by their own weight. Right, they don't really fall by outside conquest, and I'm sure some wasn't have. the whole idea of the republic. So you didn't give the democracy straight to the people. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, so maybe on, we might last which, a little. Depends longer. on which level. I mean, clearly at the state level, it's supposed to be democracy, right? Well, there's still electors and such. So. No, no, not for the state of Illinois, there isn't. Well, for the state, meaning uh, for, for the, as a collection of states, the states, the states individually are probably democratic to a large extent, or are supposed to be. So for the Roman denarius, do you want to know how, uh, what the modern equivalent is? No, I just, I mean, that was their... How was long did that currency last? How long did it last? Okay. Well, yeah. Well, the, the, the... It was a while. The story there was... 600 years. Of several hundred years B.C. or a couple of years, well, whatever. The idea was there was enough silver in the coin 
to essentially equal one day's work. Oh, that's an interesting idea. Yeah, and uh, as time went by, as you, as you started pushing all the, a lot of the work out to the provinces and stuff, the amount of silver in the coin, read the U.S. dollar being de- devalued, uh, kept dropping to where it was nowhere near. The amount of silver in the coin became like very little, the nowhere near a day's work. It says here that the coin was last issued in bronze under Aurelian between uh, AD 2070 and 2075 in the first years of the reign of uh, Diocletian. Yeah, see, there there was no more silver in there with bronze. Oh, yeah. Ran out of it, I guess. (laughs) Or or something. (laughs) Or something, yeah. But uh, so, yeah, it was, I mean, plus they also. How long did did they use it? Oh, God. In its various years. Yeah, so. Easy. I mean, Matt will find that out. Yeah. I'm thinking that. You know, if there's any comparison, maybe we come close to that, and so you know maybe we're right in the middle. You know, when you talk about welfare in this country and various programs, the the thing was even Caesar, well, the the first welfare program was the Dole. Oh, it we, looks to be about tw- uh, 267 BC, so about 400 years. Yeah, well, that's okay. pretty close. So we're we're, but all this yeah. all this stuff has happened. All you have to do is read history. It's all happened before. It's like. It's like, you know, Matt Byrne is always pissed because he can't invent a new fetish. You know, because <laughs> yeah, they've all been invented. doesn't they're spend already enough there, time on the Internet. There, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't think, you <laughs> Nothing know, new under the sun. With the, with the possible exception. Or the bedroom. I guess maybe if, if you include electrical devices, maybe you can. I don't know. I've never tried, but it's, I mean, I read the Kama Sutra. They figured it all out. Electrical devices. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh-oh. <laughs> Actually, have you, have you, ever, you ever read the full? The un- no, un- un- I haven't read when you once. The Unabridged Kama Sutra has all the has all the positions. That you have you read? So there's a there's a censored version and there's an unabridged oh, yeah. version. Oh, yeah, oh wow! The Unabridged version has all kinds of figures of, of sex. Oh, like mathematical figures. Well, I mean, let's put it this way: only well, only people that could do them are the people in the, what's the show? Where the guys the, uh, contortionists, maybe? Well, what's oh, the wow. uh, the show that's all over the place? Uh, America's Got Talent. No. America's the, uh, Funniest Home Videos. <laughs> they, they have the tent at the United Center every once in a while, and they got the big show in Vegas. Oh, Cirque du Soleil. Uber. Yeah, 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 Cirque du Soleil. You have to be like those people. Oh, yeah. Well, anyway, talking about getting on this subject, but the uh, um, any anyway, but even Caesar couldn't cut the doll. Because hmm. in Latin class, we used to have pictures that re- recreated uh, Rome, and the guys are the guys are going down the street in their chariots, and there's a bunch of guys on the, on the sidewalk going, "Increase the doll, increase the doll," <laughs> sort of like here. <laughs> anyway, people don't change. Just saying. Some, somebody said, I don't know, I, I don't know if it's true, but somebody said it's more unequal now than it was in the Middle Ages. Uh, I don't know about that. It's, it's like a modern day um, fiefdom or fiefdom. Fiefdom. Serfdom. Yeah. It's a bit where people yeah. were serfs. It's just modern, modern day serfdom. Uh, we're sort of getting there, but if you ever want to see. God, we're, we're working they were rallying the against the CEO pay like it's. If you ever want to see a movie, first, I mean, it's it's very well done, but God bless. I don't even want to look up look up uh, Sean Connery, will you, uh, Matt? Okay. And, uh, and somewhere in his IBD, there's a there's a movie called uh, Something the Rose. I really need to bring up Chat GPT on this computer right here. I think yeah. that would be fun for us. Uh, but there's in there, and it was, it's a it's a movie about the Dark Ages. Oh, the name of the rose. I know oh, this film. God. Yeah, God. Um, I actually had a teacher of mine who was reading the book. Oh God! Uh, oh, he, God. he recommended it to me. I have not read oh, it. Oh, why yet. would he recommend it to you? <laughs> Did he like you? Oh, you know, he's the coolest guy. He's awesome. I mean, but it, it is it is essentially life in the Middle Ages. And yeah. This guy was a, a priest or a monk, uh, James, uh, uh, what's Sean Connery, and he was a 
and, and the Inquisition was always after him because he was a little bit because all they did was these guys drive around these big chariots with all these guards these are cardinals mm. and tortured the hell out of people and they got these people throwing stuffed garbage out the back of the castle and all these people down there eating through the garbage oh god okay. it, was, it, was, it was an absolutely disgusting movie I mean I'm sure it was very historically accurate but you, you, don't, you don't want to watch it I'm not big on these dark movies anymore even though yeah. they're good you know they're you, know, you watch them once, and that's it. I mean, how many times can you watch them when everybody gets killed? Yeah. The Middle Ages were probably one of the worst times to be alive. Well, the Dark oh, Age. Yeah. Well, the Dark Ages lasted from what? Maybe. No, I think we're talking about different. Middle Ages, different. when you started the Renaissance, it probably was a little bit better. Mm. But even so, I mean, nobody, everybody lived to. You lost all your teeth by the time you were thirty. <laughs> I mean, it was oh god. I mean, you know, you, don't, you I mean, I've been alive a while. You, you don't want to be sick in the seventies. I mean, you know, I mean, if you got a broken arm or leg or some guys know how to put it together stuff and regular things, it wasn't like doctors didn't know everything that was wrong with people. They did, but you did. You, you had no chemotherapy of any kind. You had you had no open chemotherapy. Heart no, <laughs> they didn't even know about germs. Yeah. Well, oh, they, oh, they knew about germs. <laughs> they thought it was the sickness of the air or but, something. No, I mean, you didn't have any. I mean, uh, well, they they had just cured polio, just cured tubo- tuberculosis. So I mean, mm. it, everything was heading in the right direction. But I mean, most of your I mean, your your grandparents, by the time they were thirty five, didn't have most of their teeth. Hmm. I mean, well, rare people did. I mean, the gene pool was not. I mean, you read every big family, even if you read about you know Teddy Roosevelt and Fred, all these people that had money. By the time they they always lost a kid somewhere along the way to some disease that we would easily cure today. You know, speaking of this, I was reading this article over the weekend, and it was about uh, a, a bronze a, a bronze age uh, surgery. Oh, no. They found this skull uh, from the Bronze Age, uh, and they found an exact uh, uh, square cutout in the man's skull. And they can see where, if you look at the photo, it's a fantastic photo I uh, I found on NPR. You can look it up. Um, You can see where the incision was made. And apparently they believe that this cut was made to reduce swelling on the brain. Uh, I believe, yeah, they said it was from about 3,500 years ago. Well, the the uh, real issue there was... Not the surgery, it was the lack of anesthesia. <laughs> Unless they... <laughs> oh, they probably didn't have any... any uh, oh, God. To, well, the first so was... Uh, a stick to chew on. Yeah, you know? that was... Well, the first was the... Ether. They put the mask <laughs> over your face, put two drops on the ether. Well, oh, we, didn't, yeah. we don't know, I mean, what they were doing back then. They were... What could you God, do? You didn't have anything. Like, what did you say, 3,000 years ago? How many? Yeah, about 3,500 years ago. Oh, yeah. God. I mean, so that's, that's a, if that's you build pyramids and stuff, there's definitely a... Well, they have skeletons of, of people that had broken legs that were set. Yeah. That are, that are, mm. They could tell they were... But anyway, what's, uh, we have this interesting find here. Uh, we're always talking about, well, not always, but, but Carl will always talk about regulations that don't pay any attention to essentially court decisions. Here, here's an interesting one, uh, an article here by Arjun, A-R-G-U-N, Carpal. Arjun. Uh, Meta's find a record 1.3 billion over EU user data transfers to the U.S. And it's pretty interesting here. The Irish Protection Committee. Uh, anyway, give these gave this guy. They were they were they're shipping all these people's personal information to the U.S. Now, why you would do that? But there but there's a there was a why you would do it is probably just standard uh, standard practice and whatever's going on behind the scenes. If the computers are talking to each other, I wouldn't. It's not unheard of to ha- just have. Um, no, none of this stuff is innocent. Well, I, I would expect the the computers to actually sort and transfer data at will, meaning 
GDPR is, I think, their set of rules. And I was involved short for a short while in, on a social-type app. And in Europe, it's completely different in terms t- of... Tinder? <laughs> that would have been a good one. I think yeah. I think they did well like, on that. Maybe she could have like rural girls or something. And rural farm matches girls? or whatever. Yeah, and uh, farm farm, date, farm, farm, farm matches life, or farm something. Dating. Yeah, I've heard about that. GDPR is is much more stringent and geared towards privacy than than what the rules we have here, at least now, or as of a year and a half or two, a couple of years ago. All right. But so then you you can answer this question. Several mechanisms. <clears throat> To legally transfer personal data between the U.S. and the EU have been contested. The latest such iteration, Privacy Shield, I've heard of that, but I don't know what it is, was struck down by the European Court of Justice, the EU's top court, in 2020. However, Meta continued to work with the, uh, you know, the regulators over there and ended up getting some kind of a, a ruling saying that they could do stuff. You're talking about just what you're talking about. The uh, GDPR is the EU's landmark data protection regulation that governs firms active in the black. It came into effect in 2018. Right. Meta used a mechanism called standard contractual clauses to transfer personal data in and out of the EU. This was not blocked by any court of the EU. The Irish data watchdog said that the clauses were adopted by the European Commission. They used executive arm in conjunction with other measures, blah, blah, blah. However, the regular said these arrangements did not address the risk to the fundamental rights and freedoms uh, of the data of subjects that were identified by the, by the court of justice. In other words, the regulators went ahead and approved some stuff that was banned by the courts, which is exactly what Carl's always talking about happening here, especially in the medical community. The idea that the, the insurance company have, or the hospitals have different different uh, rates of uh, cost for different people, it's been struck down like th- twice, and yet they do it all day long, and, nobody, and, and it's okay. Yeah, they're worried about the data security and data um, knowledge, meaning if if you have access to your customers or your your citizens or whatever uh, their data, then you can use it to spy or you know change the rates uh, what, or do what, whatever. What? But GDPR is is more like a HIPAA than it is uh, something like our privacy policy. What possible good reason would I want anybody in Europe, or if I was in Europe, I would want anybody here to have my personal data? Well, computers don't really see borders like they. And in fact, I think Facebook and a couple, maybe Google, were threatening to just shut off their websites in those countries because it was too hard to comply with whatever. And I think they go ahead, shut them off. Yeah, they said they said, well, we're just going to turn it off. This is too complex, and and you know they're doing the dance of who's who gets to who gets to look good in front of their constituents and stuff like that. But it's it's a giant court battle and really a billion dollars for them to whatever is just the cost of doing business, kind of like what the banks do here. Well, no, they, they, they're telling them, uh, it says here, to suspend any future transfer of personal data to the U.S. within the period of five months. Right. The computers don't see borders. They just see... Computers this is, don't see whatever you... I guarantee you that there's a different IP site for somebody here than there is from over there. When you've got a profile or or something like that's... Uh, packaging up your data and, and making you a target, so your ads are going to be like, uh, you know, AT and T cell phones, <laughs> and, oh God, and my ads, and my ads are going to be, I don't know, uh, Verizon, Verizon, uh, you know, smartphones or whatever. 
it's those are different profiles you get hit with different ads and stuff and the way they get that stuff is is by your data and whether or not you're visiting here or another place it's just building the profile so it's just building i don't want them building a profile well yeah and europe is a lot more stringent about that kind of stuff and they're saying i'm not sure what this what the uh protocol is if you say travel to europe and then you're doing your browsing there and then you come in like it's it's different for them and it's more stringent if maybe. i ever go to europe i'm gonna give you two words i think you're remember. you're an Burn american phone. <laughs> you're an american so i'm not sure that the gdpr would would apply while you're there but um it's it's complex and a lot of uh security security concerns are very well anyway <laughs> they, i mean i think I, just I, enough I, for them to say we're not even going to do it well that's that's fine you know i mean i there's a I, I, I keep threatening this, and one of these days I'm going to do it because I'll read it on the air. That'll threaten everybody. There's a page in a book called The uh, Sovereign State of ITT <coughs> where Harold Janine, like the original one of these guys who wanted to be, uh, you know, the original Elon Musk, that, that, well, Elon Musk might not even feel this way, but the governments were just people in the way. That The, the, the world, world business was the thing that was going to save everybody. And he just, he used, governments were just pawns. Whatever he had to do, pay him, vote against him, just get him out of the way because he had it all figured out. And, you know, Google, I'm sure, feels the same way. You know, but screw them, as far as I'm concerned. It's not the way, I didn't elect them. I didn't, uh, whatever, just just saying. Um, so, so talk about uh, observing by, by moving, by going around. I've not had any, you know, with the COVID and everything, I really haven't had anybody do a lot of work around my place I managed for a while. And uh, so I had somebody over Saturday, and you know, usually we get the big list together. I go get, well, first I go get breakfast, two cups of coffee, and a couple things of Dunkin' Donuts at twenty bucks. I'm going, well, that's cool. And uh, double chocolate, uh, double chocolate munchkins. Uh, no, but a, a bagel and cream cheese is like four bucks. Just as good. Bagel and cream cheese. Yeah, <laughs> Dunkin' Donuts amateur. Well, my, that's what the guy wants. What am I supposed to do? <laughs> By the way, they don't, they don't have any cake donuts anymore. So I don't like the other yeah. ones. Donut, donut. Uh, they don't have the original. Now. They don't have the original Dunkin' Donut anymore. Right? Really? I mean, for God's sake, the stuff's awful. I, we're just saying. So we, uh, I get my little list together, and it's not much on there. And I head over to Home Depot, and I buy this stuff. And we're talking. Uh, we're not talking about I bought a house or anything. We're talking about some caulk, some glue, uh, a couple of filters for the furnaces, uh, a light fixture that wasn't very expensive. And all of a sudden, I, I look at the thing. 256 bucks, and I'm going, this would have cost 150 maybe two years ago. But you can't, you can't find a tube of caulk now that's worth a crap for less than $12. They used to be six for the good and, ones. And did the size get smaller too? Uh, may, I didn't check that. It might be another ounce less. but well, has I would check that, definitely. It has to still fit in the caulking guns. At least the width has to be the same. Oh, you can do that. You just put some air in it. Uh, come on. Well, I know. I, I'm saying that the, it has to look like it's the same because it has to fit in the gun. I'm sitting there going, this is, I, I could go back. I've got the receipts going back forever. Of course, you can't read the receipts, right? After after six months, you can't read them anymore with the, the way those things are. But, I mean, I can't believe it. So we're having dinner at my brother's yesterday. I was talking to my, uh, oh, my, my niece's uh, significant other, really good guy. He's a paramedic, uh, fire guy. And he just, he just completed his uh, ha- hazardous materials training. Oh, jeez. So he's uh, he's a guy that can put the hazmat suits on and stuff and work the hazmat truck and everything, wow. which is pretty cool. Um, anyway, good guy. He's telling me, you know, Chief, where, where are these guys? It's out of the blue. He says, 
I don't understand. From a couple of years ago, you know, we're buying some stuff now. We haven't been doing some, you know, whatever he's doing for a while. He goes, where are they getting this 5% on the inflation? He goes, everything that was five hours two years ago is 750. It's more like 40%. I go, Dan, <laughs> you're preaching to the choir, buddy. I mean, I don't know where they're getting this this 5% stuff. I mean, I, I'm to I'm the point, I, uh, as you know. Uh, Didn't we talk with Nancy about uh, replacement costs last week? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What's the replacement cost of... I don't think anybody wants to go there. I mean, uh, materials, yeah. labor. I mean, materials have go around like food and energy, but but labor is definitely up. Well, I mean, I'm sure if you're a contractor, you're going to find a way to get and the cost of if you're going to get three boxes of caulk. You know, if you're going to get like a hundred things of caulk, if you're putting all these windows, you're probably going to find a place where it's somewhat cheaper. But still, the I cost mean, of time has gone like five times. Yeah, right? one yeah. percent to five. <laughs> I mean, it's it's it is absolutely scary, and I don't know how people. I mean, the guy who does uh, work at my place, he says now some of his buddies for new customers. And of course, I've been a customer forever, so you know I get guys at the regular you hourly pay prefer- or preferential treatment. Uh, you get say, the, the long rate. Um, I say I get a very good treatment. So they they probably what is it like twenty five or thirty bucks an hour for a regular guy? Um, it, it, they want most guys want five hundred a day now. Five hundred a day for. Uh, the, the support staff, yeah, yeah, for laborers. So they're at sixty bucks. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Wow, that's it. But if you get uh, some, or maybe a little less than that, but yeah, it's it's up there. And uh, but I don't. It, but if if you want to, if you're a new customer, I mean, one of our, one of our buddies, uh, also the same name as you, uh, wanted a a door, and I was just. Oh, doors are. I was just doors are like four month waiting lists. I, well, actually, there's a place up on Elston. They'll make you one. Yeah, I mean, you got you got to know your place. But the uh, they'll make them for you Menards too. I mean, it was, the guy well, was it, looking for what's it's a it metal door, Simpson but, doors. Simpson well, doors. Well, if you I was looking I mean, for a Simpson door. And oh well, if you got a different, it's sixteen weeks or something. I was like, come on. Well, uh, Robin. I think uh, I know the place you're talking about. Well, Robin, who's been on the show with us, her husband is a, a structural engineer. And he's built some interesting houses. His dad was a big-time house architect, and he would put the house up. He was a general contractor and everything. And uh, he built, he, he did two houses for Senator Lauderman, New Jersey. And he did a couple of uh, houses for, let me say, uh, the equivalent of a Tony Soprano. Nice. <laughs> he goes, they would show up every day and pay the guys in cash that worked on the house. That's a good good way to. Uh, well, this is a long time ago. Well, now you yeah. really can't even pay anybody cash because they, they, nobody wants it. But uh, he, says, <laughs> he goes, they never worked so hard at a house. Whatever was finished so fast, they couldn't wait to get out of it before some bad. Anyway, the uh, he told me that I said, "What's the uh, guy's name's Alan? You know, what's the uh, the longest uh, lead time when you build a house?" He goes, "If you're building a really really high end house, the longest lead time are sliding doors hmm. to the outside." And I go, "Really?" This is this ten years ago. I mean, he grows the guy might be dead. He goes, "There's a guy up in Vermont that makes the best sliding doors, and he's a year and a half out, and it's forty grand a door." Yikes! He said it's all ball bearing. He said you'll never have a leak. You'll never thing will outlast the house, the owners, yeah. the grandkids. <laughs> it's that so one. that's a little overkill. Yeah, it could be the, on like the yeah. space shuttle. Yeah, he says he basically can. I mean, on his, you know, but anyway, this guy, the guys from uh, Felco, come out. They want like five grand for a door. Yeah. And I go, what are you doing? I just spec'd one out. It was like 400 bucks. And some guy will put it in for 500 tops. Nah, that's... 
you know, I mean, what do you... That's not a great door. And then, and then they go, uh, well, if you sign up right now, we'll take like 200 off. <laughs> really? <laughs> the guy's all pissed that he didn't sign. I, I think, but then again, it's, it's, a, it's a different world because he's in one of these areas that, you know, uh, condo association and everything. So the guys are going to show up in the, <laughs> the truck. The condo association. Well, what I'm saying, they're going to they're take everything out with them. They're not going to try and look for the garbage can, you know. So they're going to take everything out. They're going to be done in a day. So you really you are paying for that more than you are the door. Mm-hmm. So it becomes a different product because everything, you can't take anybody's parking space, you know, with a, with a dumpster or anything like that. you got to show up in one of those trucks where you can put it in the, in the truck and take all the trash away and all that. So it really is kind of a different product, you know what I'm saying? Right. Uh, but it's still not, not to that somewhat that extent. But hey, when we, uh, you hang around a little bit with Jan and we'll talk a little bit about some of these uh, is there? I've got some people clamoring to put futures accounts together now. Is there? Is there a? Futures? Let's talk futures. Yeah. Is there a futures trade? I love futures. About that a little bit. And uh, John's opinion on that? He's like a heating oil specialist kind of guy. SB futures down three seventy five. Nasdaq futures down twenty one seventy five. Be right back. Stocks and jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting-edge tactics you don't already know. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on pursuing life, luxury, and happiness through sports, fitness, travel, food, spirits, music, and a whole lot more. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Is your business being challenged by the complexities surrounding healthcare reform or other matters related to human resources management? If so, then Cognos HR can help. A longtime friend and contributor to the Stocks and Jocks radio program, Cognos HR provides its clients with a perfect blend of strategic consulting and day-to-day HR management to drive overall improvement in business performance. Companies that join the Cognos HR family are better able to manage healthcare costs, enhance benefit offerings, and improve employee satisfaction by leveraging our access to Fortune 500 benefits. Our innovative onboarding and payroll technology, along with our constant attention to detail, enables us to provide the highest level of quality service to our clients. Now, your time and energy can be focused on generating business and increasing your bottom line. We'll take care of the rest. For more information, call us at 630-401-8810 or search us on the web at CognosHR.com. Cognos HR, innovation and human resources. Licensed in Illinois and Arizona. Hello, this is Tom Howell, the Chief. Confused about investing these days? I suspect you are not alone. Investing was never easy, although at times it may have seemed so. I think one reason behind the current concern, although maybe not explained as such, is how the fluctuation in the American dollar and the associated politics is affecting your investments and your wealth. It may not be enough to make some money in your investments. You may need now to make enough to exceed the amount that your leadership is depreciating the value of the dollars you've worked your whole life to accumulate. That same leadership has seen fit to maneuver risk-free interest rates to near zero. Providing positive risk-averse returns in a zero-interest and declining real-wealth environment is by far the toughest assignment I've ever had in my years as a money manager. I'm sure that a lot of you have heard that one way to possibly deal with 
with this problem is to invest in so-called hard currencies like silver and gold. The idea being that they will retain their relative value in the face of devaluation of paper currencies like the dollar. To be honest, I have never been a gold bug. I've always had faith that having enough dollars and a good investment strategy was good enough. Now I'm not so sure. But I do know that if I didn't invest in gold or silver, I'd want to do it in the same manner as we do with PTI for investments in the market, with defined risk. If you feel the need to invest in gold or silver, we can do it using the same strategies that we use for our protected index program. No matter what you invest in, we feel that you need to know and control your risk. Find us at PTISecurities.com. That's PTISecurities.com. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I break your concentration? Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here. Right now. Right here. Right now. Right now. Hello, welcome back to Stocks and Jacks. I'm Tom Allen, Matt Burn on the board. We have Greg Pappas in studio. SP Futures down a quarter now. We're coming back. NSA Futures down 12.25. And our, our, uh, our illustrious president, is well, he's flying back from the, the Far East early so he could meet with McCarthy today, right? Isn't that the story? Um, anyway. Debt talks. Yeah, debt talks. I mean, it's like, what, what? I don't get it. But We're going from... Yeah, we're going uh, from somewhere to somewhere. Dax down 53.3%. Puts you down a buck, call that flat, kick around down 26.3%. We had a pretty good rally last week in the market. Uh, we've got a Nikkei up 278. These guys continue to climb like every day. Uh, they're, what are they, at the 35,000 way back in the day? They're back up over 31,000. That's as close as they've been to the good old days in a long time. Hang Seng up 227, 1%. They'll be down tomorrow. Up, down, up, down. Uh, Shanghai up 12.4%. Bands. Uh, down one base point, 3.67. The Bund unchanged at 2.43. Japan unchanged 0.39. We've got oil up 7 cents, 71.62. Brent up 6 cents, 75.64. Natural gas down 7 cents, 2.51. We've got gold down 3 bucks, 19.78. As gold is calling, falling out of favor as the dollar is strengthened here. Uh, silver down 7 cents, 23.98. Under 24, obviously. Copper down 5 cents, 3.68. We've got uh, Bitcoin. On 108, 26,791 as it's at the really lower end of the recent range there. And we have the U.S. dollar. Um, it's actually, un- well, let's say it's unchanged today. The euro is at 108 and the British pound at 1.24, down from the 111 and 1.27 they were, I'll say, two weeks ago. Um, Matt, what do you have for us? Traffic, weather, sports, Cubs lose again. I don't know what's with these guys. Oh, definitely, yeah. Uh, good morning, everyone. It's currently 6.35 a.m. on May 20, uh, 2020. Uh, what is that? 22. I had, I had I, my brain stopped working there for a second. Uh, that's uh, May 22nd, 2023. It's only, if it's only a second, it's not bad. Yeah, yeah we're, we're, we're back on track. Don't worry. Uh, yeah, weather in the, this morning in Chicago, 54 degrees currently. We're hitting a high of 76 today. Uh, we're looking at sunny skies for the rest of the week, so look forward to that. Uh, in Phoenix, Arizona, cloudy skies and air quality alert in effect, though, for the area. The Arizona Department of Environmental Quality has extended a high pollution advisory for the Phoenix metro area through Monday. 76 degrees currently, a high of 94 later on. And, of course, in the MLB yesterday, Cubs lost to Phillies 1-4. to four. One or two. One, oh, I, I swear this ESPN has been off every now and then. You see, that happened to yeah. me the other day. I, so it's not just me. Okay, I, I, I actually, Greg, I, I appreciate hearing that. You guys that want to be in the same group together? I don't uh, know what that's like. <laughs> it's the short well, bus riders club. Yeah. Other than that, we'll, we'll, we'll round it out with uh, Diamondbacks, one against Pirates, 8-3, to three, and White Sox beat out Kansas City Royals, 5-2. to two. Of course, last night in the NBA East Finals, Heat, one against Celtics, 128-102. 
So for now, Chief, back to you. Um, that was a spanking. Oh, I had to stop by uh, the Triple Johnny with us. I am Tom. Good morning to all. Yeah, I had to stop by the Triple last night for say odd reasons. Uh, my tenants, one of them, cannot cannot grab the concept of getting a check for rent. It's a newer concept. Yeah, it's, it's a and uh, and I don't do the uh, the other stuff. The Zimbo and the Bimbo or whatever stuff. Okay, Chief, it's called Zal oh, <laughs> and <no>. Venmo. <laughs> it's not out of the... Venmo is just PayPal, which I'm sure you've heard of. Yes. And it's just the personal PayPal. All right, well, I'm, I'm not in any of that stuff because I know a couple of people had their phones hacked and people went into their their bank accounts and got money out of there. So anyway, I, I, but the concept is... So she actually leaves an envelope for me at the bar with cash. <laughs> It's like uh, so you're a bookie. I get, I get the payment across the bar. Everybody's looking at me. Of course, the place is mobbed with the uh, Celtics fans because it's a Boston bar. You're a bookie. Yeah, it's like I'm a bookie, and uh, which I'm not really. And uh, see, so, uh, like, hey, you guys are a couple of bookies, like in uh, trading places. <laughs> and uh, so the, the 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 look on everybody's face was like ashen. Maybe they were they thought for sure they were going to get down there and win a game like they did in Philadelphia at game game five. Or whatever they won game six, game six in Philadelphia, right? And I thought everybody thought they were going to go there and win, and they're getting clobbered. I mean, the place is just dead. <laughs> Every seat's taken. I'm going. I'm getting out of here. <laughs> Anywho, it was it was pretty crazy. Uh, they going to get swept? I mean, uh, sure seems like it. You know, the the, the, the lady who's the uh, who's the color is it Doris Burke? Well, she she's really good. Uh, I, I, think. I watched it on mute. <laughs> you know, and she's uh, there is a lady who has. Absolutely blazed the trail for uh, the, the women that are basketball announcers. I mean, she was, I think she was first, and she was so good you couldn't ignore her. And you know what? There's all kinds of ladies that have come after her, and they're just as good. They I mean, they, they, they all played, or at least college ball or something, or high, they know the game, they know the people, they do their homework. I, they're a joy to listen to, I think. I think the lady who does the play by play. For the Cubs, when uh, Boog Jambi's not there, bring her there full time. Get rid of Boog. I don't know where, where they got that guy. <laughs> this weekend, they actually were a joy to listen to because uh, what's his name? Uh, the radio guy was doing the TV. Uh, the guy's a Hall of Famer. Tell us his name. Um, Pat Hughes. Like... Pat Hughes. Oh. Yeah, Anywho. Yeah. So, John, I was, uh, I actually went to the, uh, I planted three tomato plants yesterday, which I haven't done in ages. And Audrey went out and bought me three tomato plants. So, I had a, you Somehow the, 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 absurd, the absurd world of going to the Menards and buying dirt. The <laughs> idea of buying dirt is somehow, I can't even. So I go in there, because and, and, she's got so many varmints out of her place, there's no way I'm going to plant these things in the ground, right? So I get these three big, uh, you know, whatever you want, pot, potting things, put them on, she's got a big bench on her deck. So there's got to be eight different kinds of potting soil. From from three bucks a bag to ten bucks a bag, and I'm going, and people are like buying the ten dollar bag. I'm looking, they're all the same. I, mean, I don't, know, but everybody's got their huge stacked up carts with, with all this dirt. They're all <laughs> somehow in this world, we just could start selling dirt for ten dollars a bag. It's, it's somebody's doing well. Let's What's see. a farm? Well, a farm, you don't, you don't usually go out and buy the dirt by the bag. What's a the, farm? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's just a lot of dirt. Yeah. <laughs> so then I, you know, twelve thousand an acre. Yeah, I mean, I you know whatever, but still, yeah. But at least then you're you know you get some. But everybody's buying all this stuff. All these plants are going out the door, and 
million different kinds of uh, fertilizer for this, that, and the other thing. Yeah, I, I guess it's cool, you know, but uh, you couldn't get into Home Depot by me. They had so many, so many uh, plants that they took over half the parking lot. The rest of it, whatever, was like fighting for spots. But, you know, I guess it's good commerce. People are spending all the money on, the, uh, on their... Uh, we could do some quick math. Yeah. There's, there's uh, what is it? An acre is 4,840 square yards. So how much is in a bag? Uh, like two cubic feet or something. Oh, no. But this is potting soil. Well, this is real stuff. Yeah. You know, all the, the all, nitrogen you know, the, and the all, organic all, you know, matter. All the stuff in there. And it, but I can't believe there's 10 different kinds of this stuff. Well, miracle Grow clearly is the name. But everything everything that says miracle Grow is like twice as much as anything else. And all these people are buying the miracle I mean, But the uh, I went to the Home Depot, Jan, and I'm, I'm convinced the inflation from two and a half years ago is at least 50%, maybe more. Yeah. And stuff I, like and, caulk. And and it still seems stuff is flying off the shelves yeah. in some of these places, Tom, which is kind of, you know, I, I wouldn't expect that because uh, the prices kind of put me off, but they don't seem to be putting other people off. <laughs> well, I mean, the stuff, I think... Uh, Greg would know this better than me because we're going to talk about futures here in a second. I don't think the retail price of the lumber ever went back down to where it was before the spike. No. It's a great reset. Yeah, dude. Yeah. But the thing that I, I, I'm noticing, I mean, I appear to be noticing because I don't have the resources of the U.S. government, the stuff, anything that's been processed, like your caulk, your paint, I mean, what, what's paint now? 40 bucks a gallon? 50? Something yeah. Like that? I mean, it's un, un, unreal. But I don't know. more. I, I don't see how. I spent in my cart. I had a the light from the backyard conked out, so I bought a new light. I was only thirty-five bucks, but I had like five things of caulk, a few things of bulbs, and you know stuff that you just you know you just run out of. I'm, I get the I'm looking at the thing going two hundred and fifty-six bucks. What did, what did I just buy? Is there something here? Something here I missed? <laughs> is, there, is there a hunk of gold in this cart that I somehow missed? And I'm like, you know, I I, I gotta believe that that cart's one thirty two years ago. Yeah, I don't, Easily. Know, I, I don't know how. I have no idea how anybody is maintaining this this stuff. I really don't. I mean, uh, just saying. Well, hey, Greg, uh, we're talking a second here, John, about we have some clamor from some uh, clamor. I mean, good clamor from some clients that want to get themselves up, set up to trade uh, uh, futures. We have a lot of people that trade like the E minis and stuff, uh, which is you know that's that's essentially trading the, the that's market. It's a very capital efficient way of trading. Yeah, um, good on them. Um, but uh, what what else? Is, is there going to be a grain market this summer? Is there going to be a... I, we, we don't have a whole lot of uh, retail interests like we used to have. I mean, when we first started PTI, we were easily 45% futures. Of people would be trading corn and wheat all day, calling up, and we're getting the orders down to the floor. And In terms of volume, you would get... I think the most traded are probably the 10 years. So the 10-year, 2-year, 5-year. Those are probably the heaviest volume you'll see. Uh, after that... Uh, the most popular is, in terms of commodities is probably crude oil. So between crude oil and after that, you know, cattle and beans. But in terms of what's liquid, what can you get in and out of, what you're not going to get murdered on uh, on slippage, all that kind of stuff, I'd say start start with the most liquid, most, and if you're if you're good, then, you know, move on. But otherwise, you always want to start in the most liquid, most... Uh, but I don't think we've had a, a retail soybean trader in five years. We used to have all kinds of them. Why, why is that? Because yeah, we're in the, we're in the because they're oil. trading oil. You know. Okay. They they get distracted and and uh, it's just more sexy to trade, uh, you know, uh, crude oil or gold 
or stuff like that. Some more volume. Well, a lot of our, our gold traders have gone into ETFs. They do the, the GLT. Yeah, I don't understand that, but okay. Well, the GLT is is the if, if you have a uh, you don't need a futures account. In my GLT. yeah, in my opinion, that's just you know them chasing us well, because there's yeah. not enough. There, I mean, if you're trying to race the futures traders, you're going to lose. So if you if you've got the the margin, I would definitely say the the uh, it's GC is the futures. Right. I think mean, well, a lot of people just want to be investors in gold. They just want to be long gold and are is part of their. But if if you're you can go if, out to if, the store and buy it. Well, I, yeah, but but if you're going to have uh, you know somebody drops a million on me and they say they want to be ten percent metals, it's a hell of a lot easier for me to just do ten percent of it in, in the GLD or ESLV than it is to put ten percent of it over to the future side. Right. Just realize that somebody's racing you on my end. Oh yeah. Well, what I mean, about They're you're, they're always going to take a little piece because the the you got what your beak the ETF is is just them chasing the futures and you're never going to win because the futures have to roll and 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 for those who don't know what roll means it's just the expiration shifts well allegedly you get delivered and they just sell what's getting delivered and they buy in the future so as you know that 12 times in a year you know that sucks for okay but you you, you're uh the only i won't say i let my clients for my clients uh the only ones that i will do for people are the ones that have the physical and not the futures. So, in other words, what what Greg is talking about is if you if you were to get like into a uh, uh, USO or something like that, which is the ETF for oil, they actually those guys are just chasing. the Yeah, futures. they're chasing the futures and they constantly, get, they, and they get clobbered on the roll all the time because you got to go from one jump from one month to the next, so. and they get paid a lot for it too. Yeah. I forgot what's the, oh, uh, the what's the vig on that one. Well, the the uh, that's a that's a horrible product. Yeah. Very profitable for them, though. Oh, without a doubt. It started when oil was 60 bucks a barrel. The USO started at 60 bucks. It got down to, what, eight or nine, and they reverse split? <laughs> if, you, yeah. if you reverse split, you can make the price go up. Yeah. Well, but the, but the, the, the beauty, or well, at least in my opinion, the beauty of the, of the GLD or the SLV, they have allegedly, and I guess you got to believe, they actually have the physical gold and silver in the vault, just like... Your your spider has the, the shares of stock at State Street Bank in electronic. Yeah, I mean, but you could do that too. Just bam, and you buy a brick, and then you put it in your safe. Um, well, yeah, I'm saying, but it, it's a little bit easier this way. But so, John, what are you going to be doing? Like, are you doing beans or corn this summer? What are you trading? <laughs> I think you got to educate me, Tom. Why why aren't soybeans you know less sexy than gold because there's money to be made right and it's an important commodity for, so, for how, some how reason, does the future I, i'm just i'm just curious I'm, how does you know what, this Jan, kind of, I, I don't i'm going to say that uh when we first started the firm in 91 people especially customers in illinois i don't know if it was because of people like Ryan samuelson and people like that but people were very aware that there was a that illinois was a soybean corn state we had some uh, people that like used to be Board of Trade members that now were, they were trading through us. There was just a, a way bigger connection type of thing where you know people looked at the weather and they, they saw No, they got of, involved in the NASDAQ. Yeah. They got involved in crude oil, and that's just a yeah, lot They seem to just fun. come on other places, you know, yeah, I guess. Yeah, and that's what they talk about on TV. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they just, they just sort of went other places. And, and you, can, you can listen to your TV shows all day long, and you're not going to hear anybody talk about corn and soybean. So you just... You're just a gradual sliding away, wouldn't you say, Greg? I mean, uh, even though in Illinois, obviously, it's still a massive crop, and it's a. It depends really on if you're looking for 
if you're looking for big moves and you're looking for uh, you know more of a more of the percentage move that's going to be a lot more than say the 10 years or the or even plus there were weren't there a period of like six to seven years or over the prices never changed yeah yeah and it became really uh moribund how's that for a term Jan? moribund yeah college words hey yeah good monday word good monday (laughs) word hey our our friend nancy was at uh graduation at marquette this weekend for what i guess one of her nephews or somebody she said it was really really nice Better be for fifty thousand a year or whatever yeah. it is. <laughs> is Marquette is Marquette Jesuit? Chan? They're not. It right? is. It, it is. is. Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, well, Father Marquette, he was Jesuit, wasn't he? Right. With Louis Joliet. Yeah. yeah. The uh, those are the guys that, that misguided on uh, on the canal. By the way, somebody had uh, who the hell was telling me? Show me last night pictures of the I uh, and M canal. Oh, Audrey. Audrey gets this. Uh, somebody. Audrey. Uh, she gets the Star of Rock magazine. You ever see that thing? Oh, I've seen it. I was saw it when I was at Star of Rock. Um, I haven't seen it elsewhere, but but there um, she was talking about all these different, uh, well, the bike trails of the I and M Canal. And for those who don't know, Jan's going to tell me more about the history of Chicago. Because I had to go into this a little bit last week, Jan, because somebody was talking about Chicago was on a grid system. And I said, well, the reason why there was a grid system is because they sold off every other square mile to give it to the people who. So they could sell it for the I&M Canal. Of course, nobody was here. There's nobody to sell it to. They, I guess they sold it, sold it to a few people, but that's, that was the money for the canal, right? Yeah, and they reserved a, you know, a chunk of land that ran northeast to southwest, starting at the mouth of the Chicago River of Lake Michigan, um, for use for, you know, for future building of a canal. And it was set off with boundary lines where there was surveying done at different time points. Um, because they weren't sure exactly where the canal would be located, but they gave themselves a lot of latitude. And that's why you have um, streets that do not quite you know, match up. When you have Thornton Fractional High School, it's because there are fractional sections that were split by these dividing lines uh, that separated the Indian territory from the government territory. Uh, and they, they didn't get the line up correct when they you know, eventually came back and, and surveyed the stuff around it. So yeah, it's, it's, it has to do with the, the chronology of, you know, they knew there was going to be a canal here, even before they didn't know how many settlers they'd ever had. Well, Father Marquette was a, a great explorer. He wasn't much of a surveyor because, <laughs> it, I don't know how well we got this on Stacks and Jacks, but it, these are the types of things that, that really started America and certainly started Chicago. There, the original debate was, and I bet Greg doesn't know this, there's two ways you wanted to get, you, you needed to get from Lake Michigan to the Mississippi River. That was the deal. You had to be able to get there by water. So one way to do it was through Chicago, Chicago River and the Plains River, or the other way was to actually go through the St. Joe River to the Kankakee River, right, Jan? Yeah. And somebody decided, okay, the Chicago one was better, but when you had a rainy season, the Chicago River, this is kind of weird because the Plains River is really only, what, eight miles, nine miles west of the city? Right, and that's a Mississippi River drainage, where the Chicago River, because the lake used to be a lot bigger, and hit and receded. The Chicago River is a is a Lake Michigan drainage. Correct. So, uh, the watershed. Yeah, know, so we Lake Michigan. What's the Illinois drainage. River? Dry land. The Illinois, Illinois River is that the Desplaines goes into the Illinois. So the right. Illinois is not. Uh, lake Michigan? No, no, it goes Mississippi. No. It goes to the Gulf. Wait, wait a second. 
I thought re- there were two ways. One's Illinois, one's uh, Des Plaines. Des Plaines flows into the Illinois. Goes south. So, okay. So, so yeah, the idea was to, to break, to break to through. And in the middle, there was this big swamp called like Mud Lake, right, Jan? Yeah. And when people would get here, if you had a flat bottom boat, and, and when, it, when it was a lot of rain, you could actually shove your way through the swamp. So this is where you want to be the captain of the ship, uh, or, or uh, Greg, because the the captain would head to the bar, like the by Ogden Avenue. It always was a bar. He'd head to the bar, while the other guys, essentially, got on the big waders, shoved the boat through the swamp. And when they got to the other side, they were all bit by mosquitoes. The captain would hop back in and say, "Let's go." <laughs> That's why it's like Humphrey Bogart <laughs> in the African Queen. Yeah, he's got the leeches on him. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, but I mean, there was, but. Father Marquette thought you could get from the Chicago River to the Des Plaines River with a canal that was like four miles long. It's actually what, John, like 100 miles long, right? It's to make it navigable. Yeah. Yeah. Because you have to go way down the Illinois River to get to the spot where the Illinois River was, was you know, however, however many feet deep for a boat, correct? Right, right. But anyway, these, so they actually, we're talking last week about how, much, how tough it must have been to dig through a swamp. But that, that's why the, that's the reason why the Board of Trade opened when it did, Greg, is it opened the same year the canal did. Because that now you could take delivery of grains from both the Lake Michigan area and from the south. Yeah, and ship. But uh, so anyway, we were, uh, there, there's a really neat uh, bike trail that actually runs along the old mule path. And I was thinking of doing that again later this summer, Jan, when I start riding a little more, get myself in better shape. My, that's, a, that's a really neat trip. Because you, you see all the old aqueducts, all the old do- locks. The locks are oh, tiny. Oh, it's really fast. Yeah, they're tiny I've, compared I've never, to that. I've never biked it. I've walked, you know, around like Shanahan and out that way. And you, you have to pinch yourself for anywhere near a big city. You know, it's, yeah. It's, it's quite beautiful. It's, I mean, and it's it's out there. I mean, these areas are, there's nobody there. <laughs> Parts of you going through the swamps and stuff. Anyway, so... We have, what do you what do you make of this whole mess? Uh, I don't know if you listened last week, Jan, when Greg actually did the forty sums forty and a half seconds for a million dollars deficit to pile up for the government, and these guys have these these meetings that they're just time and again are making something. There's going to be five more times before that these guys could trade against it. I'm saying they are, but they could. They're going to walk out, then they're going to reschedule, then they're going to walk out, and then there's, and the market's going to jump up and down based on that. What? Is, the, the showmanship, Jen, why? It, it is just showmanship. What is the deal with this? I mean, you're not as attuned to the market maybe as I am, but what is it? Is it just to get the, everybody's face on TV or what? I think it's, it has to do with talking points for the 2024 election and beyond, probably. Um, one thing that you know, comes out of the Durham report, Tom, if, if you got outfits like the, you know, the FBI doing what the Durham lays out they were doing, it's pretty clear that election fixing is a big part of this. And whether it's going to be by stealing ballots or pr- printing a lot of mail-in ballots or however they, you know, people seem to do it, I, I think they have to give some kind of cover to it to make it work. And I think this is all about the, the budget negotiations. If they can pin it on the Republicans, as the Democrats always, you know, try to do and often succeed. Uh, it's their re- recalcitrance and stubbornness that's put us in this situation, and if it actually you know pushes its way to it a default, which I you know on the fence, I, it may or may not happen. Well, but, Jan, why know, do you? I mean, obviously you're you become conservative in your 
your dotage. <laughs> uh, I've been in my dotage for quite a while. Uh, so have I. Uh, wh- why does why does one side? I mean, as, as smart of a dude as you are, uh, and I'm jealous of so much stuff that you know. Why, why do people actually? I, I ran into a guy Friday night. Friday night was the most bizarre night ever. But I don't want to go into it. But I ran into a guy, and and he was he's he's so conservative. I mean, he he, he like almost smells. I mean, I'm not saying that, you know, you just, you can't talk to the guy for 30 seconds without realizing it, it, you know. He's talking about oil and all the stuff that Biden did to screw up the oil industry, and I'm going, you know what, I mean, but I mean, you I know more than most actually has to understand that under every Republican president, none of these deficits ever went down. They went up just as much as they did under the other guys. I mean, there's there's neither side. Of course, yeah. But I mean, if you but, look at but, the, but it's the brinksmanship, Tom. Yes. You know, and if the party in power, whoever that happens to be, uses this as, you know, a, a theatrical stunt um, to, to take attention away from what's you know really going on. I think it's all a lot of smoke and mirrors. Not that this is an important, you know, prospect. If the country were to default, it's historically, you know, it's a, it's a bad, you know, benchmark, you know, kind of put behind us. Uh, you don't want to do it, but there's every indication that there's people who are unafraid of talking about it and making it seem more likely because of political, you know, gain from it. And I, I don't say it's just one party. It happens to be, you know, laid out the way it is now because of who's sitting in the White House and, and how they got there. Well, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't see how, on the one hand, the Democrats spend way too much money and these social programs that I don't really have a problem with if the money were to get to the people that they were trying to get to. But obviously, it's it's a large percent of it, or a significant percentage of it, is stolen by the gladhanders between the government and the people we're trying to help. And I don't, I've, I've been appalled at that since day one, since Johnson's day, and I'm appalled at it now. And yet, the Republican side, under their stewardship, whatever the hell that is, We've seen the incredible growth of these massive corporations that just keep rubbing everybody else out, be able to borrow this more than anybody else. And yet, I think if I could kick it up here, I'm going to say that the corporate taxation is now down to seven percent of of the take as these people continue to get bigger and bigger and bigger, and and the the taxation their contribute their contribution to taxation keeps getting lower and lower. Well, I tell you what, I'm not I'm not going to get into some huge debate about. What if Zimbabwe has a 5% tax and we're 20 and all this other BS that people come up with? The fact is, it keeps getting lower. And, and, it, and you know what, Chad? That's just not right. Because they're, they're not pushing it through the dividends. They're not doing the stuff they're supposed to do. To me, it's an absolute goat bleep. I mean, I, so and, the, and there's no political will on either side to change that. I don't think. Really. Well, it's because these people... I mean, are we going to get to the point where they pay nothing? And every, and a, I mean, I'm looking at it right here. Is the uh, uh, corporate tax revenue... It's four hundred forty-four uh, billion dollars, and the total government revenue is uh, four point two. So it's—I'm sorry. So it's a—it's uh, nine or ten percent. Or so. Well, if you throw tariffs in there, now, now it's down to eight. I mean, it, it's inconceivable. Especially when half of them don't pay dividends. If they paid dividends and you got more on the other end, I guess it might be okay. But it's—but it's not. I mean, I mean. So both sides are are clearly, to me stealing for their respective base to to the I mean 
uh, you know, I mean, Bush started a war for God's sake, and he should have had a 20% income tax uh, surcharge that year he started it. And instead he cut taxes. I mean, how do you do that? Start a war and cut taxes. You can't. It's all about, you know, there's an essential dishonesty to all of this stuff. Well, that's um, what I'm saying. It's been, it's, it's, you know, once you get an administrative state and the government spits mushroom you know, the way it has, it doesn't matter which party's in office. You, you, people running these various departments are only in it because they, they've got power that they will not give up and they want more and more money all the time. And then put the military in as a completely separate thing. Uh, but it's but it's equally hungry, you know, for for money all the time. But there's never any kind of, of you know truth telling about where this money is eventually going to come from to support these these creaking, you know, concoctions we have just because we this is how it's, it's evolved. There's never any desire to look at it, you know, with, with some kind of cold eyes and say we can't afford this. We put this someplace else, put it on hold for a while. There's, there's no will whatsoever to do that. Doesn't matter which party, you know, is in office. Doesn't matter what party the, the you know, cabinet official is who's running this operation. But it's, it's all about hiding from people. The, the, the real reason why we have inflation the way we do is well, because we've, well, we, we wanna... decided we, we, we don't have any, any way of controlling. That's it. the whole world, it, though. It, we, that's the entire yeah, world is printing. Not, yeah, it's not just us, too. <laughs> well, so we've, ex- we've exported our incompetence. Yeah, by the way, this isn't, this isn't new. Uh, the Dutch did it, and the mercantiles. But here's the, if you're going to look at any, all the money, all the stuff on these pages, okay, well, all these numbers are on the debt clock and other places. Because we've got a break here. Uh, U.S. M2 money supply, 2000, 4.7 trillion. Now it's, 20, it's 21. So it's basically up. What is that? Four point five times, yep. and I'm going to say that the uh, well, well, I'll have it when we come back from break. The GDP's got to be up what, maybe maybe two and a half. So therein yeah. therein lies the problem. But both sides just just print the dough. It's ex- it's the exact same story we were talking about earlier with the with the, Ro- the Roman coin. You used to have a enough silver in it for a day's pay, and as time went by, they had bronze in it. It's the exact same story. It's the exact need, same story. We need Bitcoin to solve that. Oh, yeah, Bitcoin will solve it. SP Futures up 250, Nasdaq <laughs> Futures up 150. Be right back. Pain. Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They are located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed, and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of Home Source Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708 349 
708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. Or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Interested in promoting your business to a high-end audience comprised of entrepreneurs, traders, executives, and the everyday business person? Consider advertising on Stocks and Jocks. With a devout listenership covering the Chicago market along with a vast online presence, advertising on Stocks and Jocks may be just what it takes to put your business over the top. For more information, contact me, Matt Weber, at matt at stocksandjocks.net. That's matt at stocksandjocks.net. Stocks and Jocks. Stocks and Jocks. Stocks and Jocks. You are out of control. Here, Have you ever heard the expression, the customer is always right? Some people say a man is made out of mud. A poor man's made out of muscle and blood. Welcome back to Stacks and Jacks. I'm Tom House. We had Greg Pappas in the studio, John Flanagan on the the Zoom. Um, Jen, who, well, that's Greg. Who's this? Uh, <laughs> I remember I it, but I don't want to. I can't. <laughs> How much? Uh, Tennessee Ernie Ford. Tennessee Ernie Ford. Tennessee Ernie Ford. Of he was the best with deep, the deep voice going with this. And uh, oh yeah, uh, have you ever listened to his um, rendition of uh, Shenandoah? Beautiful really? song. Beautiful song. Oh my gosh, that could make you. Cry right, right now. You know, it's that good. There was a, there I remember his TV show in the morning. Yeah, there was an episode, uh, and I'll use the term episode, with my buddies from the OEX pit, back when <laughs> everybody was young and nuts. Uh, we had a big ski trip. We went out to Steamboat Springs, right? All these goofballs from the the pit, and we're all skiing. And let's just say the the bars were well attended. So <laughs> one of the guys, there was a band. At, uh, played at the Tugboat Saloon, which is now Rubble. Uh, they were the Whitfield Ward Band. And they were a pretty talented group of guys. And, uh, and the guy who was the lead singer was this big, burly guy, and he had a imagine he had a cowboy hat. And if you if you bought him a drink, it was like three fingers need of Jack, right? My and, kind, my kind of drink. Yeah, and he would he would Hoover it down without even a swallow, just. It just went straight down, like. But the dude, he could play both exceptionally well, both sides of dueling banjos on a, on a twelve string. Wow! And one of the guys in the band had a deep voice, and he would sing sixteen ton. He was pretty good. But uh, so many people are going to their death right now. Saint Peter, don't don't you call me because I owe my soul to the government for a student loan. <laughs> pretty much the same way. thing. I mean, for those that. The, the the youngsters of the world, and we have a couple of them in here, relative. Uh, what he's talking about in those days, you got paid in company script, right, Jan? Yeah, so like Pullman. Yeah, yeah. Pullman. You, you didn't get paid in, in, in money. You got because it was before there was the Federal Reserve. Uh, you got paid in company script. Mm-hmm. It was kind of good at the, I guess it was good at the bars around the area, right, Jan? It was good at the company store. Yeah, I mean, That's but right. you pay your rent, your yeah. groceries, your booze, everything that you know, was. Currency you couldn't use outside the boundaries of the company. Right, you know, wasn't wasn't worth anything. Well, it's sort of like if you if you watch some of the old uh, TV shows, I mean, uh, I mean, it, it, it's hard to catch, but they actually were fairly historically accurate in some of these shows. 
if you watch like Bonanza, I was a big fan of that when I was a kid. But they'll if like if little or little Joe or somebody was going to San Francisco, then all of a sudden he had to get the real money, like the twenty dollar gold piece and that kind of thing. Because in Virginia City, you used ca- currency essentially produced by the Virginia City Bank, right, Jen? Yeah. People would, before there was a Fed, before there were Federal Reserve notes, you had um, people. The banks would come up with essentially script for the area. And when you left town, you had to you had to the, the I'll use the term metal stuff, right? Because nobody cared right. about. Go ahead. Well, I, I noticed this I, when I was in Ireland, in 2018. You know, Republic of Ireland is on the euro, but I was in Northern Ireland, which is you know part of the UK. Um, but I was you know reading up ahead of time. It said the preferred currency was you know the national bank uh, notes in Northern Ireland. You know, not the, the pound sterling. Although they would accept it, of course, but you know, you were you were, you were supposed to like change it into bank notes from you know a Northern Ireland bank that was preferred. So this kind of made, I mean, it didn't make it difficult. It's just it used to be like that all over Europe. I mean, if you traveled to Europe 40, 50 years ago, you, get, you, you eventually got good at making these currency exchanges in your head. But you had to be doing it every forty-eight hours. Well, if you it were, shows that there's still local currencies. You know, they, they're not completely gone. Well, if you were. Uh... I don't. I, I guess uh, you'll probably remember when the euro. But uh, Dr. J and I went over and did some lecturing in. Uh, you know, they still don't trust each other. It's just no. in the form of interest right. rates rather right. than yeah, that's right. rather yeah. than currency. But we went to. Uh, we went to Austria. We went to Germany. And uh, every wherever you go, you're you're uh, you're you're you're, you're, you're uh, you know you're changing currency. So there was it's it's in the nomenclature over there. They knew all about them. I mean, you landed in Austria. First thing you did it was the uh, what that was the Austrian thing. Was it the uh, well Germans were a mark. Austrians were what they were a krona. Krona, yeah. They were a krona. What about somewhere else? I don't know if we went through Switzerland. Anyway, we had we With the Swiss franc. You know, there's all yeah. Every every yeah. time we we crossed the border, we ended up having to. <laughs> then of course all these stores have these posters out in front. And guys are running out constantly changing the poster because yeah. everybody's this is before confused. electronic crawls. Yeah, before they, they, these little kiosks on the sidewalk. Yeah, a little kiosk, and you'd run in there and you'd change into whatever, and and, you, and you'd go and you'd use that stuff, and then you'd go to the next place and you'd do the same thing. And it was, you know, like when I was in Canada last time. I ended up with all this Canadian cash in my pocket. So the last gas station just piled all the cash and the coins in front of the guy and said, wherever that is, I'm filling the car up. <laughs> Where else was I going to go with it? But but there's a... But the, all these games, Jan, we were talking earlier about, you know, um, not that anybody cares about fetishes and stuff, but you can't invent another Are fetish. Are we going back there? No, I'm saying you also back, can't... Back <laughs> Man. But I mean, you, you Break can't... Break the Kama Sutra unabridged. But you, you can't invent another currency. Illustrated. Game. But you can't... I mean, the stuff people are doing now with these currencies and, and, and pouring money into the system uh, it, it's it's the same game as devaluing your currency when everybody was on the gold standard. Because when you said uh, that they're uh, great that these these all the, con- the countries are, are yoked together, that's what they used to do in the 1700s. If somebody would drop, they'd say, okay, there's 35 marks to the ounce. Germany would say, oh, now there's 40 to the ounce. Okay, all that benefits kind of everybody in, in Germany kind of screws everybody else if you can get away with it, and it certainly helps the government. Well, then, then the Dutch would say, well, screw you, we're, we're, drop, we're devaluing ours. So finally, after like six months of this, wherever, they'd all say, all right, got to get together, we got to stop this, because it becomes, becomes a zero-sum game for everybody. Wasn't that the story of the past 20 years? Well, that's what I'm saying, yeah. but now we're all sort of in it together, and governments have figured out 
that the easiest way to get yourself out of inflation or out of, out of uh, debt is to inflate your currency so you're essentially paying people back with money that's worth less than when you borrowed it from them on the day, the day you got it. Right. And somehow or another, populations are putting up with this. And I don't know how or why ours is. I mean, the, the idea, I'm not, I'm not saying we should go you know, grab you know, uh, the, the old guns in the Revolutionary War, uh, but I mean... I, I'm stunned. It's because we can buy more iPhones if we get more. But money. I mean, regular people. Regular sure, people can buy more but iPhones. I, if they but I'm saying, I, I think I'm sure you know if you think about it, Greg. Especially, you know, people that have been in the restaurant business over the buy made, now, made pay money. later, buy iPhone. I'll, I'll bet you could probably name ten people that equivalent of a million, million and a half dollars in the bank, say, and that all in the market five years ago or three years ago, and now it's worth six fifty. Yep. And and they they have they somehow have no idea that they've just been fleeced by a third of their fortune. I think I think if you've got it, you you know you're just too scared to put it in the market. But I mean, what do you? But uh, you shouldn't have to. You shouldn't have to get zero return on risk free rate. Should but why, why should why should you ever lose money on your cash? I mean, and if it, by lending it to somebody else, why does somebody else get to get it for free when your inflation rates? Eight or ten. Because the government voted, you lost. Well, uh, yeah. I'd say, why do people put up with it? Is a question. Because they're scared of what happens otherwise. Well, okay, you're right. Is, no, I mean, is, is there any conne- connection here with what we were talking about with futures? Yeah, is, is one of the reasons you're trading the time to... now for for the time later. So you pull right. all that demand forward. You pull all that time forward, and so instead of spending, uh, in, instead of spending. Um, later, you're spending now, and so however, whatever that spread is in between, you know, you're going to have a tough time. Well, no, there isn't really, Jan, and the, a, a futures in like a corn or soybeans, that's just a, a, a way for, to get price certainty. By the way, if you go out two years in, in soybean futures, the prices are down around $11 or, or so. So they're, they're, they're down, you know, which is kind of weird. I don't, I don't, I don't 15 know. or 20 percent if you go out two years in the future if you go to the two years in the future in corn you know you're 450 so i don't know prices are down then so well but there is, is there any any connection because the, these are weather based i mean does that change everything's a risk, derivative but, but of the, the manip- weather and the manipulation space. factor or? well the the, oh. the the interest rates going up drop the futures prices right because if, if you have the spot yeah, there's the supply and demand. There's the dollar, and then there's the weather. It's, 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 rel- it's relative. Jan, the, the formula is now that we have interest rates back. The formula is if you if you have corn today and you want to store it for somebody for two years, okay. If, if somebody says I'll buy your corn for two years from now, and you you buy it today, okay, you got to pay the interest on it to uh, to keep it. And oh, by the way, you probably got to pay some storage. So the future, you don't have to do that. So the future usually is going to have a discount because it's going to have a, because it's easier to buy the future than it is corn, right? Right, Greg. Well, in terms of what the products were uh, meant for, it's for farmers securing some type of uh, income for being able to hedge their expenses. Yeah. So if they were to look now and they say, okay, well, where if we know we're going to be able to produce this much, which you don't, but you so you've got a good idea, say you want to hedge a quarter or a half. Right now, if they're looking to hedge two years out or say they've got some big capital, whatever, coming, expenses, they could go out to the future and sell it at $11 or, or, and 
and collect that and then they'll deliver later so they collect it now and they trade the time well to make it simpler for most people since not a whole lot of people trade that stuff anymore which we've been talking about you look at the uh, the futures on the on the stock, John. It's a real simple formula, but nobody no, nobody knows it. Am now. I doing a bad job of explaining? I apologize. Well, it's it's it, it's a little more common. Let's let's stick with the let's go with the uh, it's, the stock it's, futures. It's, it's instead simpler. of buy now, pay later, right. they're getting paid now and selling right. later. But so right, but you with with the stock futures, it's real simple. Because if, if I want to buy uh, the S and P today, okay, versus the S and P futures, say a year from now, if I buy it today. I have to pay interest, you know, now that we have interest, I have to pay interest for the to buy that a billion dollars worth of S&P stock, but I also get the dividend. So the the premium in the future should be the interest rate minus the dividend. And for a long time the dividend was higher than the interest rate. Right? So they actually had a discount to them, right Greg? Well, now they should they should have a premium to them. If if the interest is if the cost to borrow is higher than the dividend rate. Correct. Yeah. What what you're looking at is the the expenses. Yeah. Or or let's look at it as a yield. So if you are collecting the yield, that's uh, something you're gonna have to forego. But you never hear on the TV now. They'll say S and P futures are are trading forty two oh seven. By the way, they should have a premium of three bucks in the September future or something. You're not gonna hear that now because for so long there was no interest rate. Right, Greg? Yeah, the no the interest. In, yeah, but if the interest rate all. goes back to 10%, which I'm not predicting, don't even take that out of context, but if it's 10% and the dividend rate's 3, then the future a year from now should be trading 7% higher than the, than the uh, I'm sorry, 7% discount to the, uh, the, the uh, actually owning all the stocks, right, Greg? Owning the stocks is going to yield um, however much in dividends. And if but you, you got to pay it on if you want to pay, if you want to have it at a certain time in the future, you know they they take those uh, costs for them, you know benefits for them, and they take that into account for what they're going to sell it for in the future. But the idea of having no interest rates for so long or virtually none is even for people don't even think in these terms. Uh, you can think of it as buy now, pay later. Well, but I'm saying nobody. There's no such thing as a uh, implied interest. There's no such thing when somebody. When somebody buys, but how many times? It's you're gonna pay. It's just when are right. you when are you gonna pay? Well, how many times, John, have you heard somebody say these guys that are buying the Washington, uh, the Commanders? They're the Commanders, or they're the Guardians. They're the Commanders. Commanders, yeah. For six billion dollars, and, and I say, well, let's let's see uh, how much is that per year to carry? Oh no, chief, they they got the money. I said it doesn't matter if they have the money. There's an implied interest. What do you mean? I said well, because. You could take the $6 billion and you could put it in treasuries and get 5%. Right? So you're foregoing that to buy the commanders. So no matter how you slice it, even in today's world, it's costing you $300 million a year to carry the commanders because you could be getting the 5% in treasuries, for God's sake. They look at me like I got four heads, which maybe I do. But I mean, th- th- that whole that whole thought process is gone. They you could say probably that? even live on $300 million a year. But, but that's not the point. The point is there is a cost. The idea that he's rich, there's no cost. Yes, there is. There's always an implied cost if you could do something else with it risk-free. John, I'm, I'm having no, no luck with the oh, young yeah, people. I, I'm, I, I get what you're saying. But how, you know, how, what does this do to pricing then for any of this stuff? Well, that's what I'm saying. All of, it, all of it should be priced in such a way of what else could I do with my money? I mean, when you and I were young, 
and the interest rates were like 14%, and somebody said, hey, Mr. Flanagan, you won the lottery. I'm going to give you a million dollars 10 years from now. You almost said keep it. Right, because how much would you have to put in a bank at 14% to have a million dollars after 10 years? In what, 100000 <laughs> It still was worth something, but... No, 10 years. Come all right, 200000 You need, uh, what is it? The rule of 72. So if it was 14% interest, it takes five years to double. Okay, right, so, but all right, so 300000 But it still was way, way less than the million. It's like the lottery. You win the lottery. They say it's $100 million. And they're going to pay you off in 20 years. If you want the number today, what do you get? Three. A third of it? Yeah. Half of it? Yeah, if you're lucky. But I'm saying people even stop thinking about this. Let's do some lottery this. arb. Yeah, some lottery arb. Well, I mean, <laughs> I mean the, the idea that money is free is a, is a totally new concept is my point here. And I guess I'm having trouble with that. It's not free. I mean, it's, not, it's not free tomorrow. If, if somebody's sitting there with a million bucks, we could get him a treasury overnight. He can make something over overnight, right, instead of sitting somewhere? Well, well you certainly can do it, it seems like the, the idea that money is cheap is, has put us in the mess we are. Sure, <laughs> without a doubt. Now, what's going to happen if the federal government, on top of this, this thing, starts having to pay 8%, which is where they're going? I hope they don't get there, but even at 5%, what, what, are, we, what are we talking Well, about? we're talking opportunity costs, so... Your opportunity cost of having a million dollars is is what are you? I mean, what are you protecting? So it, you're you're valuing the cash, and you're saying you're going to lose less than seven percent. These guys have a thirty-one trillion dollar deficit. Or wait a second, you're going to lose more than seven percent uh, if you don't hang on to it. Five, so five percent is a trillion and a half a year. That's not opportunity cost. That's real cash. Well, when you have cash and you keep it in cash, that means you're valuing. Um, the security of having the cash, you're thinking it's going to go down more than that, whatever it's going to uh, inflate. So you're protecting against, um, you're thinking that it, if you're not invested in something or yielding something, that means that the inflation is less than whatever loss you're you're expecting. No, what, what, what I'm saying, and this is, this is, I can't believe I'm having so much trouble with this, and help me here. If you've got a million bucks in, in the the interest rate, make it easy, is 12%, and I put it in my suitcase for the month, I just lost a percent. I mean, I may still have a million. I may still, you know, like a big swing in something. fact is, I should have a million, 10,000 bucks, right, Chad? Yeah. I mean, there's a, there, people don't think of that now because there's never... Well, it, maybe people do think of it, and they're just saying, I don't want no, to you, take you, the risk of it you because the treasuries will yield, well, they will get... Uh, you haven't been paid in a bank for so long that people are out of the habit of even getting paid, is what my point here. Out of the habit, you know that. Yeah, and these are bad habits, too. Yeah. Well, <laughs> really bad. Well, I mean, why would I mean, you... I think a lot of what, 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 what you've both been saying is, is you know, the reason why there's been such a shift in where people go in, in the futures market is because of the stuff you're describing here, really. Why? Well, I, I, I mean, I don't... I absolutely do not understand, and having Greg on here, having uh, with... It just leads me to believe how, how deep this cash idea. is just another instrument in my mind so yeah, cash yeah. is is a is a is a safety so no, if you're not. buying Ca- safety cash is a, is a factor of production that's the part that i'm trying to get to here if you want to build i'll make it easy for you You want to build a nice big restaurant because greg is cost, from the restaurant industry costs a right? lot so guess what you, you got a lot of cash to pay you the contractors the, you got to buy the can you got to buy I'm assuming that you don't have enough the to range, build a place. The range, the kitchen. Right, you got to buy all this other well, stuff. You would want to do it to, so with debt, too, because you can write it right, off and depreciate. You, you need the money to build the place because you don't have it. Right. So you have to pay somebody else 
for their cash. Why not? Why should you get their money for free? You don't. Okay, but we've been that way for a long time. I'll bet, I'll bet it in, in your lifetime, your, your lifetime of putting money in the bank, you've never got interest. I mean, there's the the cost of borrowing is has always been higher for the individual. For I, the, it's not... You're, it's you're, something. You're confusing the whole thing. Simple fact is, why should somebody use Story your money life. for free? They don't. They do. Well, the banks do. Yeah, well, the, oh, that's their business. Yeah. They borrow at zero and lend at three. But I'm or, saying or right borrow now, at three and lend at six. Well, right now... Good spread. Right now, they're not borrowing at all. They're not paying anybody anything. That's the point. That's why they're having so much trouble now, because all of a sudden they have to pay people to be competitive. Now, now I understand they, they'll do the whatever bonds and then lend it just a little bit higher. So. John, you see how difficult it is to explain <laughs> something to people who have never seen it? We, we're no agreeing. wonder we're in a mess, Tom. We're agreeing. No wonder we're in a mess. So, so what is your... What is your, By the way, uh, we've got a couple of texts here saying that the Republicans didn't... Uh, when they invaded, it was because of the Kuwait War. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the Iraq War. It was long after Kuwait, right, Jen? Well, Kuwait was in 1993, right? Yeah. Desert Storm. Yeah. And Iraq was 2000. Yeah. Well, two, 2001. 2001 so we keep we keep no. yeah. we keep uh, taking these debts up on top, and we, and we don't pay for them. You know, and we just keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And the the idea is that we're supposed to uh, be growing faster than the debt, and the fact is, we're not. And you know, Tom, it's this is you know, it's becoming the oldest story in the book, really. But the Mission Creek that came out of you know, Desert Storm, you know, we weren't looking at it really the long-term objective. I don't think anybody was because no, nobody seemed to be able to say what it was. But we, we look at the attendant costs of the people who were banged up or killed. Oh, without a um, doubt. And and you know, the, these are costs. You know, this is this is kind of like what what the government's doing when it when it comes to. You know, requisitions for money or budgeting or whatever else is like. Who, who cares what where this money goes if it goes to where where you know we say it's going to? But we we have to have it anyway. But there's absolutely no accountability now for any of this stuff. And it's the same thing with with the, the stuff that put us in this mess. There was no accountability for how long long we'd be in Afghanistan or Iraq or Kuwait or any other place that we've got our, our sights on going into. If people knew that, if anybody knew that, if anybody could say, you know, there's likely to be an expansion here that's not in this budget, and maybe we're looking at a 20-year commitment rather than a six-month commitment, none of this stuff could have ever happened if you had people who were sensitive to these things. But there always were. There always were people. Anybody sensitive to this. But during the the Iraq War, I remember, Jan, I don't know if we were, uh, if I ran it by you, but a guy, a guy, quite somehow identified how many people were getting killed and wounded over there. And he did a, I don't know, the guy was a government guy, but he must, he must have just retired. <clears throat> His number was something like a trillion and a half dollars by the time you took all the wounded, all the people who were, and you paid all the fees for the, you know, artificial limbs and all the other stuff. And anyway, he, he, he had it spotted at like a trillion and a half, and the government estimate was you know, 500 billion or something. I'm sure the guy is, is probably short on his estimate. Yep. And uh, not to mention, there's still people, you know, certainly that, that have had problems from that war, which is the the people the people cost. But I mean, look at I mean, you don't have to go back that far though. Just look at the Trump tax cuts. I'm going to say they didn't come up to any of the fruition that were promised. 
and I'm going to say that the last two bills from the Biden bills did, didn't do any of the stirring up of the economy that they were promised. So it, it, you don't have to go back very far. It's, it's the S&P went up. Oh, yeah, the, <laughs> yeah, S- yeah, the, the S&P, the went, S&P up. went up. That's, that helped. Well, so, okay. But, I mean, so you've got this confusion of of equating the, the health of, of big people versus the health of everybody. And we got that spread going the wrong way. But, I mean, John, I mean, it's, it's not like you have to – every time it happens, it seems like they get bolder the next time, whoever the they's are. Okay, if people believe this line of BS, well, let's try this one. <laughs> or where am I wrong? Well, and not only you know does the BS work, but the media makes sure it works. I mean, the, the story of the Iraq War, the, the invasion of Afghanistan. I think the media, you know, should be. They were solely responsible for you know explaining what was really involved here and lying at the behest of the Pentagon and Rumsfeld and other you know, goof offs who didn't know what they were talking about and said anything to get the you know. The, the country to go in on this hell By the way, but Jan, we're wrong. No we're, accountability for any of this stuff. Nobody paid a price. Not, no. not the writers of the New York Times, the Washington Post, lost their jobs. Nobody went to prison. Well, no politicians ever get canned. For, for their, by the way, we're wrong, wrong yet again. Austria was a shilling. It was uh, Denmark was uh, the krona. Krona. Mm. Thank you. Thank you. That's right. There was a shilling. I remember that because uh, uh, we did shillings and then we did marks and in fact, I got fleeced on the train doing both of them. I remember by the conductor. Imagine that. Uh, we Even didn't the have conductors crooked. Well, we were sitting in first class because Doctor J had a first class ticket, and we, his buddy who bought ours, we didn't have first class tickets, and yet we're sitting in first class. So we ended up having to. I said to the conductor, "Look, we're not going in the regular cars with the, the people from the Guns N' Roses concert." <coughs> it was kind of a group I didn't really want to sit with, and. Uh, so we ponied up dough for the guy, and of course, an hour later we <laughs> crossed the border. And the conductor comes back and says, "These aren't first-class tickets." And I said, "We just paid to upgrade them." He goes, "Oh no, you you you, you upgraded in Austria, you have upgraded in Germany." <laughs> I go, <Whoa. laughs> "I go, all right, I, I get the deal. How much is this going to cost?" It was like another fifty <laughs> bucks, so we ended up paying way more than if we just would have bought the ticket in the first place. But the the other conductor must have write to the guy and said, "Look, we got these two idiots and <laughs> and uh." This first Here's class spot, go go get them again. Here's your mark, and <laughs> we were to mark, but still, it was better than going into the other stuff. Anyway, SP Futures up three, Nancy Futures up two seventy. Jan, you want to hang around for Audrey? I've go got a, I've got a run time, but I'll I'll check in with Audrey. I want to hear what she has to right, say. You, I'll be on the, listen to the podcast later. Have a good one. Then guys. you're going jogging. Then giant. you're going jogging. No, got to go to the vet with a pet. Oh God, uh, good, yeah. good luck with that. Be right back, back. Saxon Jacks. Thanks, John. Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to factor in the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other life decision. Your brain is smarter than your gut, and that's why you owe it to yourself to read Luckbox. We've made it easy because Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with timely, actionable trading ideas, and equips you with savvy investing tactics you don't already know. All while exploring how to live your best life through music, spirits, food, sports, travel, fitness, and a whole lot more. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on controlling their financial futures. It's for overachievers and alpha types who don't buy into Wall Street's investment gurus. It's for mavericks who believe in life, luxury, and the pursuit of happiness. It's for you. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at Luckbox Magazine 
luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Hello, this is Tom Howell, the Chief. We've talked a lot on the show about risk and suitability, about how your portfolio should match your age, income, and risk appetite. It's been hard for investors to maintain that suitability in the last several years due to a Fed strategy that has driven interest rates to virtually zero. You may have even heard that the Fed was trying to drive conservative investors to a riskier portfolio on purpose, for whatever reason. I'm sure you're aware of investors that took some increased risk, such as longer-term fixed-income securities, and are now unhappy with that choice. At PTI, we've always stressed total portfolio risk awareness and tried to minimize chasing returns in a tough environment. Well, now it looks like maybe interest rates are moving more towards historical levels. Everyone needs to be aware of what that continued movement might do to your portfolio, both good and bad. We also have a stock market that seems to have stalled, at least for the short term. I think it is time for everyone to take a serious look at their goals, their risks, and their portfolios. Do they match? If not, we can help. We have a signature protected index program. We have ways to hedge against interest risk. We can make that portfolio right for you again. Go to PTISecurities.com or call us right now. The market can change very rapidly. That's PTISecurities.com. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of HomeSource Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification, or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. Or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Well, no big stocks and jocks. I'm Tamal. Greg Pappas in studio. SP futures up 375. Nasdaq futures up 450. We crept up, so maybe they are going to actually have their. Uh, uh, they're meeting and you get some. It's all about whether we're going to do it as negotiations or not. And we have a Fed person every single day talking differently. I, we can tell the headlines based yeah. on the the notes yeah. and the S and P. Right. I can tell you exactly what's happening. They, right. it's, we were getting it. We know we know there's some some positive piece of news coming out of somewhere in the last ten minutes. Hmm. We don't know where it is, but we know somewhere. It's going to be coming out. It's you gonna be can see out. it in the price. Yeah. yeah, you see it before they. Somebody already knows. Here comes. Here There's comes that, on CNBC. They're yeah, there say, goes that somebody again. Those yeah. guys. Um, all right. Well, we've got. Uh, let's see. Over in the DAX, Europe. They were up earlier. They're still up. The uh, actually the DAX down is down sixty four. Wow. Puts the up to, down uh, up two. Call that flat. A uh, cac around down twenty five point three. So these guys. Uh, well. Actually, the DAX was down earlier, wasn't it? A little bit more. Now it's come back some. Um, Greek stocks. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. You're your guys. Greek stocks up 6.7%. Greg, you got some of those? Yeah, mm. right. <laughs> Not really, huh? Wouldn't trust them. Oh, God. DK oh, <laughs> up 278.9%. Hang Seng up 227, 1.1%. Shanghai up 12.4%. So bullish across the board over there. Uh, bonds unchanged, 3.69. The Bund up 3 basis points, 2.45. Japan up down one base point, 0.39. We've got oil uh, right in this range, down two pennies, 71.53 to, what would you say, Greg, 69 to 73. They've been stuck there for really quite a while. Brent up two cents, 75.60. Natural gas down seven, 2.51. Our Bob unchanged, 2.57. We've got gold uh, down 3.20, Now it's straining it back over 2,000 after being over there a couple weeks ago. Silver down nine cents, 23.96. We've got crypto, uh, Bitcoin down 61, 26, 
8.39, and we've got the dollar, which has caused a lot of this by being strong the last few weeks. It's actually down a little bit today with the euro at 108 and the pound at 1246. Uh, what do you got for us, Traffic Weather Sports? Cubs lose again. And uh, how hapless is this Kansas City team for Oh, geez. Yeah, I can go down to yeah. that if you want first. Go ahead. Uh, but in the MLB yesterday, Cubs lost to Phillies. It's 1-2. We early reported 1-4. I, I swear, sometimes the, the ESPN, they, 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 they go back on their, on their, on their scores. Uh, I'm not sure if, if they hear us and they go, oh, oh, wrong one. And then they, they decide to you know flip it. But, uh, but yeah, that is Cubs lost to Phillies 1-2. Uh, Diamondbacks won against Pirates 8-3. And White Sox beat out Kansas City Royals 5-2. Those are all correct, just to make sure, right? Yeah. Okay, just making sure. Okay, well, hey, uh, there's a traffic uh, accident on 290 East that occurred before South California Avenue. Uh, traffic currently stop and go into the city with delays up to an hour. Weather this morning in Chicago, 59 degrees currently. We're hitting a high of 76 today. We're looking at sunny skies for the rest of the week, so that's something to look forward to for sure. Uh, in Phoenix, Arizona, cloudy skies, 76 degrees currently, a high of 94 later on. And, of course, last night in the NBA East Finals, Heat won against Celtics, 128-102. That's all I got, Chief. Back to you. I think the Bulls almost popped them out in the playing could have been Seriously, could have, Well, no, they wouldn't have gone anywhere. <laughs> and yeah. Max Struess, the DePaul grad. Yeah. Or not grad, but the DePaul oh. guy. And, and he was on the Bulls, and they gave him up to uh, a... Yeah, yeah. yeah, they... Uh, do we have Audrey? We do indeed. Hey, Audrey, yes, how are you? How are you? So, uh, so far, so good, but it's a little early to tell. We're, I'm, I'm fighting here with younger people regarding Let's do interest it. rates. And uh, I was mentioning to Greg that when we were young and the interest, the inflation came through the first time, None of our parents that had money in a bank ever lost on the deal. You always got a little more in the interest rate or than the inflation rate, right? I mean, your, your, your parents were getting 12% in the bank when the interest was 10. This time, it's taken a huge chunk out of all the savers. It's a massive difference this time. The, those I find it interesting that the credit card rates of, uh, are in the uh, 20s and pushing close to 30, and uh, you've still got to bank for a decent rate at the bank. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, yeah, the, the the Fed dropped the interest rates from normal to like to zero, and I had, I had credit card rates actually went up there in that time frame. So the idea, whatever benefit lower interest rates gives to the population, it kind of stopped when you get to the top 90% or the bottom. The bottom 90% never benefited many of that, did they? But the, their rates they, it was they made 1972 or something when they went off the gold standard and 68, 68, pay for the I think it was 68 to pay for the. Uh, Vietnam War. Yeah, there, there we go. But I'm saying right now, uh, you're you're paying. How many people do you think there are in this country that have? I'm going to say ten grand in a bank. I mean, a lot of people have a lot more, but a lot of, have ten grand in a bank and miss their credit card at the same bank. They're they're paying on a balance of like a thousand bucks on the credit card. So the bank is nine thousand to the good, and the people are down on the interest. Of which. Uh, J.P. Morgan has 21% of all credit card spending. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to, I mean, they're, they're, they're scalping their own people. You, you know, I just, it's kind of, so all right, what's going on in the, in the real estate world? Uh, uh, I talked to somebody Friday night, as you know, in the, in the commercial space, and if you're in the wrong spot there, uh, you're having some trouble. But we also have some clients that are in the uh, commercial space when it comes to uh, housing, and then I think they're doing fine. I don't think the... If you have 12 flats or 8 flats or something, I don't think there's a problem there. I think those guys are actually doing pretty good. But the the commercial stuff, 
I mean, I don't know you too many people that own like strip malls and stuff. Is that real bad or is it just okay or depending on where you are? I think we're seeing an interesting fundamental change in uh, how people live and shop and work. And so many people, I mean, when I was younger, you went shopping. Girls went shopping together on the weekend. You went to the mall, you went to your little stores, you spent the day shopping grew up shopping with your mom and you just don't see people doing that they're shopping online a lot of the stores uh, stores are empty I, mean, I hardly ever go to the mall or whatever once once or twice a year maybe but I had gone to get a watch battery and it is amazing how empty the stores are so you have all this space that's basically pretty empty I think it's it's better than it was, but especially all these little strip malls, people, I think it's fundamentally changing how people shop and it goes along with the whole thing of people still, still being somewhat isolated, not willing to come out and about. So I think a lot of this business is going to change and maybe not come back, be repurposed, but I think very different than uh, any of us saw it even three, four years ago. So you really do need, if it's your property, you better be in the right spot. And how do you know what the right spot is anymore? Well, that's, I mean, that's what I mean. I, I, mean, a lot I of could it. just, I'm watching places speculating, and it's hard for small businesses uh, to make it, get people out, get them to come to you, unless you have something truly unique to offer. Well, yeah, the idea of, of putting up a store and, or even a restaurant, in that case, and signing a 10-year lease, boy, you got to... You got to really be a believer in yourself. I mean, that'd be, that'd be tough yep, to yep, do. A pretty big optimist, and be careful what kind of lease you get, so that it's not, you know, some of these that are tied to your profit or whatever. I mean, it's uh, it's a tough business to be in. Though I I must say that all the restaurants out my way seem to be doing pretty well. Uh, there's a few new chains that have moved to town, and the parking lots have been full. I've been to a couple. And they seem to be doing. Uh, pretty well. I think people are happy to be out about in uh, nice weather after Chicago's winter, too. But how do you how do you keep track of um, one of the perfect examples? If you go to a, a lo- the local restaurant, local pizza giant, oh boy, talk about Southside, and it looks crowded on a Saturday night, how do you keep in the back of your mind, or even should you, the fact that two other pizza places in the square mile area are dead because of COVID? It's, I mean, the example would be, I mean, how can you tell? There's a selection bias built into that yeah. one. But how do you? How do you? How can you tell uh, next quarter's uh, Walmart or uh, Target earnings? No, they're they're way bigger. I get that part. But where where do you distribute? So if if Walmart's up one percent or Target's up one percent, or I, mean, I don't know who else would be up, uh, but Costco. But I mean, yeah. Oh yeah. So where where did the Bed, Bath, and Beyond money go. It obviously got distributed someplace because they had they had revenue. Now it's going to go. Bed, Bath, and Beyond was to me the classic example of a store that couldn't wait to destroy themselves. Well, I that get used it. to be a great store. I mean, it was a great store. They had, especially it was a you uh, women women loved that store. You went in there, they had this beautiful displays of bedding. And it was a big registry at that point for brides. They had high quality home goods in a beautiful display. Somewhere along the line, 
the new leadership decided that they wanted to try to be all things to all people. They started carrying uh, deodorant, toothpaste, uh, all the stuff you'd find at a Walgreens or CVS. And that was a whole thing. Now they've made the store closer. Uh, then they decided they were going to sell wine. Then they were th one year decided they were, uh, I think they took over Pier 1, if I'm not mistaken, I can't remember. And then they had patio furniture in there. The place stopped selling high quality, beautiful items and sell crap and jammed it together and couldn't decide what they wanted to be. They basically drove all the customers away. There was absolutely no reason to go in a sloppy empty store that didn't know what it wanted to sell you. Were you a big fan of the 20% off paper coupons? Oh, of course. <laughs> you know, whether they marked it up, took it down, it didn't matter. But they didn't, and that was kind of the fun thing. You could go in there with your coupon, which what woman doesn't love a good sale, and go to the counter and they'd give you 20% off whatever was in uh, your, your center. And it was a great thing. Sometimes it was one item, sometimes they'd have 20% off whatever you bought that day. It was a great teaser to get people in the store. But even when they have it, they're starting to bring it. I've seen a coupon come back. But the problem is the store lost its cachet. It's kind of how Macy's is now. You go in there and it looks like a bomb went off half the time. So the people that would go to these lovely stores that were well-stocked, well-organized, presented like aspirational living, if you want to look at it that way, just went off the rails and whoever was handling their marketing and sales just didn't get their customer. Well, I, That's I, why retail fails. You don't get your, your well, customer. Well, I uh, obviously knows way more about it, but I, I was just talking more about the, the the money piece, okay? How much of uh, Best Buy and, you know... Right, it's like an, a showroom for well, I'm just saying Amazon? How, but, but, you, but you forget... Well, they used to be, yeah, for sure, but how is it that... But I mean... I guess my question is, when you compare year over year over year, how do you do you just forget the fact that, that there is no more uh, Radio Shack, that there is no more... Who's, who are the other guys that used to be the competitor of uh, Best Buy? Uh, the other, Circuit City? Well, Circuit City, yeah. I'm uh, saying, there was like linens and things, uh, all shoes, shorts like that, JCPenney, I mean, all these yeah. people that had good things. There is no replacement unless you step up to the next highest tier and I mean, you to get what the, I mean, I had things that were beautiful cotton, beautiful wool, uh, you know, nice products, good, good material. You have to really step up to high end stores to get that quality and you're doubling or tripling what you used to pay to get in that tier because there's, there's garbage in most of the stores. The quality is all cheap stuff from China that's made poorly and it's polyester and people are smart enough that most of them are not going to pay for that. Well, I don't agree. What, what happens you're going to, online or you're going to a high-end store. What I'm saying is there's the the, the success and the, the big numbers of some of the current retailers, I'm not saying they don't deserve it at all. I mean, they obviously have weathered the storm, but the, the carcasses along the way, you're talking Sears, you're talking Kmart, you're talking Radio Shack, you're talking about a lot of this revenue has, has come because other people have gotten basically, they're, they're dead. Amazon <laughs> wiped the floor with about well, everybody. None of it's online. I would bet you that half, at least half of that business, maybe more, has gone online. Even from my own behavior, 
as far as finding high quality items that I can't go to my local shopping area and find anymore. I'm going to search online for um, quality uh, material. I will type in a cotton blouse. You cannot find a woman's cotton blouse in most stores to save your life. It's uh, some type of synthetic material. So if you want something that fits well, is made well, unless you go to a specialty store, there now they are thriving, a boutiques that uh, have a higher quality item. They're not going to have as much, but they are, I would say, between online and high quality specialty stores are picking up the slack. Well, the, uh, I mean, I, I know that this, you know, I can, I can rag on these guys because I go there a lot. Uh, I did some, if you're doing anything of any kind of construction, and I don't think, I don't think Home Depot gives you that much of a deal if you're a volume buyer. I mean, uh, Menards probably does a little better. I'm not sure, but but the I remember we did. I think the credit card you get pretty good interest rates if you do it on theirs, right? Right, right. Yeah. Um, you know where else you do is a, a Bass Pro Shop. If you buy the stuff there, it's like six percent. Yeah. But I mean, I'm saying I we did a whole uh, a few years ago. We did a whole it's a three story essentially deck in the back of our place within and over the garage, Greg. And I use, of course, I use always the good stuff. I use the stainless steel screws, right? Nice. Well, I went to Home Depot. And I, I got them online at a place called Fastener Supply. Well, I mean, for, I'll bet it was half the price. Of well, what I it bet was. it was sixteen hundred bucks the yeah. fasteners for maybe more. And I'm going to say it would have been forty five hundred at Home Depot. Wow, not even close. Light bulbs, same way. I mean, there's one of the apartments has all these indirect lighting with these bulbs that are now kind of they were they were like three bucks a piece at Home Depot. They're like ninety cents a piece online. Yeah, that's why it's, Home Depot went to the moon. That's why they're absolutely it's, it's incredible. People have no idea how much they're paying in there. How much how much you're getting? Fleeced. It's a big spread. Oh God, yeah. I'm it's, sure it's that unreal. they're. Well, yeah. that's all retail. Retail's all markup. Yeah, it's, it's and when but I mean you get you get to the point where don't think for a second the the demise of Sears. Although I'd had, imagine clothes are similar markups. It's got to be oh, more. Yeah, more. more. But I'm saying that don't think that Testament the demise of Sears hardware hasn't increased the uh, the margin at Home Depot and Menards. I mean, can you imagine if you were uh, in a part of the country where there was no Menards? It's the only play, play, place given Home Depot. I mean, there's that much Lowe's around here, or some. But uh, I mean, they, they can charge whatever they want, and people think because it's a big box store, it's a it's a bargain. But uh, what happens to a place? I follow a lot of home builders on Twitter. I still like Ace Hardware. I try to shop at Ace Hardware a lot. Oh, I do too. Actually, everybody there could actually help. What, what, what happens to a place when, I mean, I, whenever I take the, I haven't done it in a while, but I take the Skyway down to Indiana, there's that massive Sears store that was, that was uh, right near CVS there that used to, that area when, when the Southworks was there, Greg, and it was nothing but steel companies and all kinds of stuff. That area of the east side was just humming with blue-collar activity. I think the, the, the Sears, the auto parts there had like 10 bays for Saturday morning. Guys getting oil change and stuff. They've never done anything with that property, Otter Greg. It's just there. I mean, what It's it, turning into a warehouse. But I'm saying, we're talking, how long has it been like that? What, 15, 20 years? I mean, who, who even Is owns it? it at this point? Well, they, they got so devastated when all lost the steel industries and the other factories that were there. There was the, 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 that core that demographic that supported shopping and again moved from that to shopping malls to big box stores and Sears again fell trapped with the same thing they just weren't supplying what their customer needed they couldn't move with the time so 
again, they shot themselves in the foot on top of that particular store being in the wrong place at the wrong time. But the one at, uh, I grew up on the south side, 63rd and Western, 62nd and Western. Yeah. It was a huge Sears. I remember going there with my parents. But again, my parents stopped shopping there. To, and my remember my mom saying way back when that they just weren't carrying the things they used to carry. So again, know your customer. Like Has Eddie Lampert killed that stock yet? School. Oh, it, it totally did. Yeah. And, and what did Kramer say? You got to yeah. buy it just because they're Eddie. But I guess my point is, I mean, you might not know the answer. I want to talk more about the residential stuff, which you are expert at. But it, it, but the place, the acres that are the Sears store. It's still there. Who owns it? I mean, Sears is long gone. Do they? Is it some kind of receivership? And if you want to buy it, who'd even buy it from? Buy what? I mean, like the Sears store there is still there. I mean, it. Yes. I mean, who, who even owns it at this point? Is, is it is it is it a back taxes thing? Is it does the city own it? The state? I don't know. Own it? But where my uh, uncle's car dealership used to be is a CBS now. Yeah, that's that's Not kind too of far away from there. So what's uh, what, what's I mean, happening? Sears is 10, 10 cents. Yeah, oh, is that for real? It's up, uh, oh, up three cents. I, I mean, Sears Today? Kmart. I don't have no idea. What uh, the stock was? Sears stock's going. It was Kmart in the end. Yeah, it's like uh, it's like a forty-one million dollar market cap right now. So uh, what what Sears. is going on in the, in the residential world? I mean, Nancy was saying the mortgage stuff is slow, no refis. But uh, I mean, you're still there's still people looking for houses, and evidently the people that have that are you've got a whole two subdivisions by you now where people are starting to build. What do they see in the future that maybe some people don't see? Well, I think uh, the, you know, the market is more, Nancy's mortgage market slowly down just because there isn't any inventory and there's nothing to buy. As we've talked about before, right. you've got a 3% mortgage, you're not leaving to get a 6.5% unless you have to. So, unless people have to move, uh, there's a death, a divorce, a job transfer, they're pretty much sitting tight and they're fixing their house up or they're just saying, hey, we're going to stay here and most people are looking at that we're in a recession uh not like talking head state we might have one i think most people would agree we're in a recession so they're gonna sit tight and they remember 2008 most people and uh they're not well you gotta be a little closer to the mic we we got a little closer to the mic we got you way up and you're still a little light let me speak a little closer to to hear me now yes that's better what the so you have in your sorry about that guys but you in your area you have you pointed out to me this weekend two areas where guys essentially are tearing up two farms and building big subdivisions. They're, do you think their timing is going to be okay or they're they're in trouble or or what? Two years from now are they going to be able to I sell I think it depends houses? where you are. I think where you are it depends. I mean, I'm still busy. I Again, I have a, a few customers I'm trying to find something for and uh, again, it's a fight to find something. Uh, so we still are extremely low on inventory. To your point about this building here, uh, it is an extremely targeted market. The developer's pretty smart. There are ranch townhomes because I'm out in the southwest suburbs here in Orland, and the people who grew up here like it here want to stay here, but as they age, they don't want the house. They want a townhouse, still be close to their kids, grandkids, whatever. So if he's building uh, ranch townhomes and he's building a row or two of single family homes behind that. And from what I hear, they are uh, just starting to break ground on that, that a two bedroom ranch townhome is gonna start at $699,000, which to me is a lot of money and the houses are gonna start at a million. But 
you know, if you want to stay here, and for people to say, where does that money come from? Well, if well, somebody's in their house and it's so, been paid off for years, if they sell it for 600 well, they're probably pretty happy and they slide right in there. Well, so if one of those things is worth a million, what is Audrey Manor worth? Well, I don't know. I think that until, until you're that point, I figure that's only going to help my resale. I would, so I would say yes, it would. I would say yes, it would. I, I don't. I, I'm, I'm kind of curious as, as, as the way things are going forward. If, if the Fed actually, I don't, I don't believe. If them. we're using prices from five years ago, though, that means that those, uh, those townhouses and those houses are, say, maybe four fifty and eight hundred. Yeah. So I don't know inflation. I'll well, tell you though, you could not buy anything around here that's nice until you're getting, you know, now right around you're you're looking at right around four, just for a simple little tri level. What have you, but I will say something that I think I kind of feel that it's changed, and I would like to say here, I'm calling the top. Uh, I think I told Tom and I had that talk I, on Friday. I think this is it. I think we're 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 bouncing here. Uh, this is I, I think this is it, and we're just going to see what happens from here on in. So you're thinking in real estate, this this is the tappy tap for a while. I think so. I think At least here. I think I think you're probably right. I don't I don't know who. Uh, like you say, if you have somebody who's made, if they're just trading houses, that that's one thing. But being able to carry a six hundred thousand dollar place, that's 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 a real number, especially if your interest rates are six and a half. I mean, that's a and then you got to pay taxes. I think that it's not. Um, it, 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 I just feel there's. I've seen some people pricing things now uh, exorbitantly for what they have. What the? Uh, I mean, not yep. even just a little reach. We don't have much time, reach. but two two questions. What what is a place that now that you that you when I say you sell when you negotiate a deal with a client and it's say five hundred grand in general and this is a you know this would be a half assed question but in general what's what's the replacement cost of that house today's prices at the Home Depot we're talking about. Could you build it today for five hundred? No, that, that that's part of the uh, problem. A, there's uh, no land to build it right around on most metro the metropolitan area. So you've got to go so far out. But I would say that five fifty to build the five hundred build is probably six fifty easy. Right. So, but this place you're talking about. The last question: If if I buy one of these ranch townhomes for say a half a mil, what is oil going to drop on me for a tax? About twelve thousand dollars for taxes. So it's another grand a month in taxes. Mm-hmm. Wow. So maybe roughly. Mm. Hey. Um, Yikes. That's cool. <laughs> well, thank you very much. Uh, thanks, Roger. Thanks, Greg. And uh, nice, nice job, man. SP futures are no up two and a quarter. Nasdaq futures down, uh, down three. So we're we're in this waiting game with this. Uh, but I, I, I don't see honestly at the end of the day, Greg. We talked about Audrey. The if they if they cut if they cut the. Uh, Expenses by half of one percent. What do they gain? I mean, I, I mean, it's not like political some, points. Political points, I guess. Well, that's cool. It's not real stuff. And we're anyway, back, back. Stocks and Jacks tomorrow. Be back tomorrow morning. Stocks and Jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to PTISecurities.com. PTI ProDirect. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at PTIProDirect.com. Nadex. Offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets. Visit Nadex.com. Home Source Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708-349-3456. 
Hamzi Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit HamziAnalytics.com. ChiroMed. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708-403-2727. Dax Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968. Anybody tells you money's the root of all evil doesn't f***ing have any. They say money can't buy happiness. Look at the f***ing smile on my face.